Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch with Dr. Barry, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified attorney, founder of drbarrypierre.com and PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy. This week, we bring you episode 105 with Dr. Teresa Barry, and we get to talk a lot about National Infertility Month, Infertility Week, and most importantly, we get a personal story with Dr. Teresa and gives you the start from the beginning with her path and her journey uh, when uh, discussing uh, the topic of infertility. I want to read some of her bio because, again, I like to quantify why some of these guests are so amazing, why I'm excited to have them here for you guys uh, today with the Lunch Learning community. Uh, Dr. Teresa Berry is one of the nation's acclaimed doctors. She's a board-certified emergency medicine physician. She is a nationally recognized author, speaker, consultant, and media personality. She is the co-owner of a medical clinic and concierge patient practice, Vital Care Medical Center, with her husband, Dr. Adam Berry. Dr. Teresa is the founder of Secure Your Fertility, where she helps single ladies and career-minded women take control of their fertility. Uh, because of experience and medicine, both are the best teachers for women seeking to optimize and work through various fertility options. Dr. Dries is a subject matter expert in ovarian preservation, assisted fertilization, surrogacy, and helping to decrease the pressures and stresses associated with the process. And, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's just, you know, a, a smidget of uh, this person's character. She is an amazing uh, being, amazing colleague. I've had a chance to know her uh, for about almost three years now. And, you know, I've, I've kind of watched her grow through the journey that she's going to tell you today. And again, like I said earlier, she's going to talk about her personal struggle with infertility and, you know, what she did to uh, navigate this journey, right? And I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, today's episode. So uh, let's sit back and ready for another amazing episode here on A Lunch to Learn with Dr. Barry. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Lunch and Learn community. So you just heard another uh, fabulous introduction uh, for a guest that uh, we here and, you know, the Lunch and Learn community uh, have had an interest to talk to and get on the show to really talk to you about a very important topic, especially depending on when you're listening to this uh, Infertility Week, uh, National Infertility Month. This is a person that uh, not only did I, you know, know of, but know as a personal friend, uh, it's been a few years, so I wanted to kind of get on, get her on and kind of talk about her story. So, uh, again, thank you, Dr. Dresa, for uh, coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Barry, for having me. So, Dr. Dresa, you're, you're definitely the superstar uh, this episode. So, and, you know, with the month that it is, right, I, you know, obviously, I read the bio. 
in bio, you know, bio does what the bio does, but like, can you tell someone who may just be listening, like, who is Dr. Jerisa and, you know, why are you such an amazing person? Why are we about to come and li- listen to you talk? Oh, talk? Why am I such an amazing person? Oh, man, thank you <laughs> for that. Um, you know, I think that whenever you, you know, of course, your listeners have just heard that I'm a physician, I'm an ER physician, and I also own, of course, two medical practices in South Florida. But, you know, sometimes when you step outside of your occupation, you know, and I guess that's why we're here now is because of, you know, what I went through with my journey. Um, It was a difficult time, but I was able to kind of turn that around. And I turned it around to really help other women, other couples that Um, could be experiencing infertility or having problems conceiving. And so when you, you know, when you go through something um, that really is supposed to get you down, but you turn it into something great, that's kind of what I guess is making me amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me. Uh, What's interesting, especially in, you know, uh, obviously getting to, you know, the kind of nitty gritty, when we talk about you know, infertility. I think it's a lot of times I know when I was naive and didn't really know about the subject, I always assumed this was this, this thing, this disease or this issue that happened to older people or people who, you know, who, who pass away, right. But, you know, just doing just my, you know, innovative research and realizing that this was actually a lot more common um, than expected. Um, was this something that, you know, before all of this kind of happened, uh, with, with your personal story that, you know, you, you thought of, you had any personal experience with friends or family members of? Dr. Barry, no. And you really are, you're right on. It is so, so common. Even myself, I'm amazed, you know, the more and more I talk to even younger women, it is not a condition of, you know, women over 40 anymore. For me, you know, for us, me, myself and my husband, we we didn't really know at that time, you know, this is going back now, maybe about four years now um, since we started and a lot has happened. You know, of course there's a lot more awareness and a lot more women and, you know, of course famous women have come forward. And so it's more of, you know, a lot more people are talking about it now, but when we were going through it at the time, it was still kind of a stigma, you know? And so it wasn't anything that we were necessarily aware, but us being both doctors, we knew that we didn't want to keep trying. Of course, you know, infertility, the definition of infertility is, you know, if you tried for six months, if you're over 35, then, you know, you really want to kind of get to the root of the issue and seek, um, you know, assistance with a specialty, a specialist. And so that's what we did early on. We didn't wait. We knew kind of what we were working with, with the timeline. And so, um, that alone, that knowledge that couples can have that, you know, don't keep trying year after year, you know, go seek professional help. And that's what we did. Even as physicians kind of early on in our process, we really only gave it six months and we were like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why are we not, you know, why are we having problems? I always knew I had fibroids, you know I mean? That is something that I've known since, you know, my, my twenties, but fibroids are not necessarily a problem. You know, you can have small fibroids and depending on where they are, the location, the size, you can still have, you know, a viable pregnancy or not. And so that was kind of one of the issues that we had, um, where, you know, we sought special, you know, specialty, um, services from our doctor. And, and what's interesting, especially for the lunch learning community, I just want to kind of, one, we're going to, you know, throw out some myths that we tend to hear all the time. And then just to give some raw numbers, right? Because lunch learning community likes to, you know, they like the numbers. They like to kind of put stuff in perspective, right? So a lot of the the myths that we really want to get out the way really early, especially in this show, when talking about uh, this discussion is, you know, that infertility is rare, 
right? That's a myth. Um, that fertility <laughs> issues are a women's problem, uh, oh which, which, which I think has, which is probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, travesties as far as the the subject in general. And I definitely want to kind of get your uh, opinion on that. Yeah. Um, how much mm-hmm. onus is unfortunately put on the woman as being uh, the issue. Um, oh my goodness. Thank you, Dr. Barry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was again. No, I trust me. I, I trust me. I got you. I got you. I got you. This episode. It's because uh, it I think, I think your story is definitely one where it, it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And, and you're, you're, I think you hit it right on the head. I think now that like I'm in the know and I know of, and all of a sudden I start looking around and I got a lot more friends. Um, uh, right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you too. And you too. And it's it's one of those things where right when you know it's it's hitting in your face like everywhere. It was it's always been there, right? And right. I, I think you hit it right in the head when you said like we're becoming more aware of it. And now that we become more aware, we know what the definition, we know what that what that term means, all of a sudden we're starting to see it and we're seeing the issues kind of hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um it's some quick numbers, you know, one in eight couples, right? One in eight couples have trouble, you know, getting pregnant. Uh, 7.4 million um, have yeah. had to receive infertility services in a lifetime, right? That's about 12%. And, and, and just from a causes, right? Because again, I know we like the causes. Uh, one third is attributed to the woman, one third attributed to the male, and one third is a really a combination of issues that are really kind of, you know, both partners are unexplained, right? So, you know, these are myths and facts that uh, I think really has to be kind of hit home for, for folks to really understand, like, no, we're actually dealing with an issue that's really widespread uh, yeah. and it's widespread in our face, but we don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you said it. And even to, to, to add to that, you know, two million couples each year, every year, you know, will have difficulties conceiving. And yeah. Yeah. And so, and then the numbers in terms of the, you know, the men, the male component or the male factor of infertility is 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 increasing. You know, the latest studies are really saying it could be close to 40, 45 percent of, you know, the causes. So um, wow. we have some astounding numbers and we're just glad, you know, we're just glad that we have this month, this week where, you know, we can kind of talk about it more and create a safe place for even more people, you know, to come forward and really just shed light on it. And, and I think that's what's so important, especially with these these months, because, you know, every every month seems to be some type of month where we're aware. Right. And I always right. get the question, well, well, you know, why do we have to be aware of this issue? Right. And it really is, is because a lot of times y- y'all kind of go silent. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's and, and this isn't a thing that's only affecting a few people. This is this affect a lot of people. Millions every year are affected yeah. by uh, infertility. But. If if you don't shed the light, if you don't, you know, spotlight and say, hey, we're, we're talking about it now, uh, sometimes can get lost in the shuffle of all of the other, you know, medical issues that, you know, may take a little bit of precedence just from a media standpoint. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, the more and more we talk about it, the more you have, you know, companies that come forward and say they're going to pay for fertility treatments or you have, you know, even this year, New York State. New York State came forward and said that they're going to cover IVF fertility treatments for oh, wow. for their couples. So they're joining the ranks. It's really only like four or five right now. But you know, the more we let them know, look, you know, two million couples are affected by this. You know, what are you all going to do to really help us? 
then you do have companies, you know, these corporate companies, I won't name them, but, you know, that are really coming forward, thankfully, and, and helping to pay for it because it can be expensive. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're definitely going to talk about the expenses uh, for sure, because I think that's uh, something that sometimes is prohibitive to a lot of people uh, when they talk about options in, in yeah. that regards. So when we talk about infertility, and again, we know that we can no longer look at it as if you get over 40. Um, is is there a certain age anymore that women really should start thinking about it? Like, is there like, what should, what should women be thinking about? And and again, I hate to say women because, you know, as your stats show, uh, 45% of men, which I, I got some theories on that. We'll, we may, we'll, we'll kind of hash back why, why we may think 45% uh, is being affected now, but like, is there even an age anymore that women should start thinking about it? Ooh, Dr. Barry, it's, you know, it's a little scary. The more and more I, you know, consult with women, um, the more they reach out to me, the more I even do, you know, things with my, you know, Secure Fertility, the masterclass, I meet younger and younger women. And, you know, there really has not been a consensus, even with fertility testing, you know, as, as it is with pap smears or mammograms, you know. Um, there really isn't an, an age that they've put so far. Um, the American College of OB-GYN, obstetrician and gynecologists, they had talked about fertility testing, you know, as, you know, the pap smear, but they never really came to a consensus with that. But it's it's unfortunate because, you know, society has made it as though, you know, you should be concerned if you're over 35 or if you're over 40, but they and... Oh my gosh, Dr. Barry, I, I, I'm just amazed myself with the younger women, the women in their younger 20s, you know, you know, younger 30s that that are having problems. And the problem, it, could, it varies. You know, of course, the causes of infertility are various. I have I met with a young lady about a month ago now. Her egg reserve is low and she's 34 years old. You know, she's single and she's never been on birth control. You know, she's been single for some time and she decided to get her test through through our app and she found out her egg reserve is low at 34. But, you know, of course, she's not 40, you know, and then I've talked with several women who have been in their 20s. And so there isn't an age, but, you know, forums like yours, forums like what we're doing with, you know, National Fertility Awareness Week. Hopefully lets women, even younger women know, you know, it's something to not just put on the back burner. You know, if you are, if you know you're single, that's kind of my cause. You know, if you know, you know, you're single and waiting, um, don't hesitate to kind of see where you stand with your, you know, your biological clock. But um, unfortunately, they haven't put an age on it because it just varies, you know, and. And, you know, it's interesting, especially because if, if, could you uh, kind of elaborate and when you talk about like egg reserves and biological clock is that like the same thing like is again because that, that's a new term again let's learn community uh, i i, I take i use these guests to like learn as well so like i'm there's definitely a new term for me egg reserve like that's like 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 how would a person know if their egg reserves are even low so yeah well that is the biological clock you know it's the common you know joke that, you know, a lot of women say, you know, our eggs are drying up as we get older or, you know, or of course our biological clock is ticking. But, you know, when you look at it in terms of science or medicine, when you see a fertility specialist, they're going to look at your egg reserve or your ovarian reserve. And 
that's what we also realized when we were going through the testing and we talked to other couples because you meet a lot of couples, you know, when you're going through the process, you know, especially women, you know, we're we're stressed. So, of course, you're going to talk to someone else and kind of see what they're going through. And so we met and we talked with a lot of different couples while we were going through the process. And even our specialists, you know, we talked about fertility testing. You know, why isn't us being physicians, of course, you know, why isn't it available for, you know, couples or, or women that are younger? Because, of course, you know, their biological clock is ticking. But, you know, women, women are born with a finite number of eggs. You know, men, they can always grow new sperm. But women, we're born with a finite given number of eggs. And that varies from person to person. It varies from mom to daughter to grandmother, you know. And so there is a test that is available. And of course, nothing is in, in medicine is exact. But yeah, there is a test that is available that can give you an idea of the number of eggs, okay, which is the reserve, your egg reserve that you may have left. It doesn't really talk about the quality, but that particular test called the AMH or the anti-malarian hormone, it has gained a lot of um, popularity recently. A lot more you know, studies have been ongoing with it. Um, and it can let women know, you know, if it's low, that your egg reserve is also low. And that knowledge, whether you're, you know, 35 or 25 can really guide you, you know, it can guide you with your, your family planning, even when you're single, because if you think about things like, you know, you know, should you freeze your eggs, you know, when you're single. And so those are kind of the conversations that I'm having with women, even in their, you know, younger thirties, as it relates to the biological clock or the egg reserve. And and when, especially because you're as being, being in the thick of things and being, you know, as a kind of like a world leader. Now, when we talk about infertility, what are some of the, the, the reasons that you're, you're running into, right. That people say, well, I'm in Frodo because of this. Right. And, and again, like, I hate that we're biasing just the women, right. Because men got a lot more issues in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on the women's side, like what are there some of the reasons? And we talked about some of the myths like birth control and things like that, that mm-hmm. uh, people used to say, Oh, if you, if you hit birth control once, all of a sudden that's the reason why. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That, that is definitely a, a myth as it relates to birth control while you're on it. Um, so the, the causes are vast, you know, as a physician, of course you have, you know, fibroids, which I talk a lot about. Um, fibroids can affect, you know, 20 to 80% of women by the time they're age 50, you have endometriosis, of course, you know, one in 10 women will be affected with endometriosis. Same thing with PCOS or polycystic ovarian disease. Um, you know, 5 million women in the United States alone has been diagnosed with PCOS. And then one of the more common causes lately, studies are showing, is the, um, you know, the block tubes or the block fallopian tubes or tubal occlusion is um, about 40%, about 40% of cases now of, of infertility is the, you know, the block fallopian tubes, which, you know, that can be from, from various things. That can be from scar tissue, that can be from STDs, that can be from, you know, hydrostyle pinks of, of any cause. So um, it's, it's just important for women, especially couples, that if you know you're trying and you have really been trying, you're under 35, don't give it longer than a year before you really seek to see if one of these reasons could be the cause and, you know, perhaps seek treatment for that or, you know, fertility assistance. And, and kind of leading up to it, especially when we talk about 
you know, some of the treatment options, uh, because it, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of anatomical uh, reasons, right? Especially for, right. for the, the, the women's side. Um, you know, I've, you know, from, from, uh, and again, I'm again, lunch learning community, if you don't know for some reason, I'm an internist, right? So it reason, one of the reasons why I did internist is so I could avoid women's health. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, when I was in medical school, they used to kick me out of the rooms. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'm going to do internal medicine and I'm just going to do, I'm going to go with <laughs> so every, uh-huh. every chance I get to educate myself on women's health, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the, from the male side, every time, you know, when, you know, I'd have patients come and, you know, talk about infertility, uh, the thing I would do is, you know, do a sperm count, right? Like that was from my standpoint, like, all right, let me do a sperm count on you guy. Cause uh, that, that, I think that's what I'm good for. Uh, everything else I'm going to send you to, um, uh, somebody else. Now is, is it just that simple, right? For, especially on the men's side, like, oh, let me just do a sperm count. If your sperm is low, that's it. And boom, bam, boom. <laughs> no, well, it's not just a sperm count. You know, when it comes to the semen analysis, they check for the, you know, of course, like the count, um, but they also check motility as well as morphology. So um, you want to make sure that, you know, the, the DNA quality is good, you know, not necessarily just the count. You can have a low sperm count or you can have a normal sperm count, but you could have, you know, still problems with the them not moving as fast or the motility or the, the morphology. But the good thing as it relates to men is that when you know that, you know, there's a lot of even, you know, so one of the things I'm big about is, is getting second opinion and also holistic medicine. And so when we met with the fertility specialist as well, um, and, you know, my husband, we, we both had things we wanted to change. And, you know, they have, they have male supplements that, you know, you can take to improve your morphology. And so when you meet with a good, you know, holistic doctor or fertility specialist, be open to that because they're, the men, you know, their semen analysis, they can't improve. Women, you know, as it relates to egg reserve, that's, you know, you can't really change that. You can do things to improve the quality of, of your eggs. But, you know, for men, it's good to know if they could be, you know, the, the factor because there are certain things that they can do to really improve their, their chances and, and really try again, you know, three months after you've kind of, you know, tried certain things to improve your semen analysis. And, and kind of leading into it, when, when, when we talk about the, the patient who comes in or the, the, the client who comes to see you and they say, Dr. Jerisa, um, I'm infertile, right? What are some options that are out there? So that's where you really want to see why. You know, I've met, oh my God, it's, it's a vast number of reasons. You know, most recently, I'm so happy about this as well. I had a young lady where she had a polyp. So she had a, she didn't really know her and her husband. They tried for six, seven years, Dr. Barry. Like they tried wow. forever. <laughs> wow, but six, seven. Thought, yeah, you know, sought assistance. And so she, you know, got one test. She had one particular ultrasound and I was able to look at that and point something out to her because there was a feeling, you know, defect that was seen. And I recommended her to have another ultrasound. Um, and she did. And so what they found was that she had a, a polyp and, you know, you don't necessarily have to have fibroids. You can have cervical polyps. You can have polyps that can affect implantation. And so you want to know that, right? Because you can remove that, you know, you can have that surgically removed and then that can increase your chances of, you know, having a viable pregnancy. And so, you know, when I meet with women, there's, there's various causes 
of, you know, infertility, um, block tubes. I've met with, you know, several women where that was a cause. And so um, the treatment for that, for a lot of women that don't necessarily want to have surgery because the, the prognosis of, you know, surgery with block tubes is not necessarily the best. And so a lot of times, you know, at the onset, um, doctors are recommending IVF, but, you know, IVF can be expensive, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it can be a, a viable solution, you know? And so we're, you know, of course we're happy when more and more states are, are paying for it because for something like, you know, uh, tubal occlusion, you know, that IVF is, is going to really help that couple, then, you know, it's good to have that as an option that they can afford. And I'm definitely glad that uh, insurance companies are kind of getting, you know, on, on the ball, like, especially when it comes to like paying for it, because it's, it's, it's one of the more frustrating things, especially in medicine, that a lot of times we'll have options. Mm-hmm. That, you know, s- some bureaucrats are like, no, we're not going to cover your, your medical problem. Cause I'm not sure if they, if it's just a lack of recognition or what it is, but you know, it's, it, that tends, unfortunately it tends to happen in medicine where they, they catch up late. A lot. In that regards. Now, as far as in your story, right, when we when we talk about uh, the, the treatment option that you were able to undergo and when we talk about, um, you know, uh, the, the IVF, right, like what, what, what was there any hesitations, right, when you went in that direction? Was there concerns? Like what, what, was, what was the thought mm-hmm. process? Um, you know, for us, you know, doctors are the worst patient. You know, trust me, I know. Um, so we knew any and everything about it. We, you know, we probably were, I think we were good, but we probably difficult a little bit, but we wanted to know everything, you know. Um, but you know, we were open to it because you know, we knew that that kind of was what we were working with, you know what I mean? So, um, I did, I don't know if you know your listeners know my story, but I, I had you know, surgery for my fibroids. And um, when you're going through things like IVF, or, or I went through IUI as well, the fibroids can grow larger because of the, the medication, the stimulation that you're, you're doing. And so that's actually what happened. You know, we had one ultrasound and then we had another ultrasound and the fibroids were larger and come back. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so, you know, for us, it got to a point where um, it was like, you know, what, I've already had surgery. You know, we've done all we can do right now. We have, you know two embryos right now. So, you know, the risk versus the benefit. And it's, it's tough because, you know, you have a, a lot of, of questions that, you know, you sit down with your significant other and you try to come up with the answers, you know, or at least your, the process that you're going to go through. And it's tough making some of those decisions, you know. Um, but for us, you know, kind of weighing the options, You know, it's like, well, we know that if I have fibro, if I have surgery again, we're going to have to wait another six months. And then there's still no guarantee, you know, that I already had one miscarriage. So, you know, we, we, it's not like we have 10, 20 embryos. So you want to, you know, for us, we wanted to create or have the best viable option for, you know, for the growth of our baby and, you know, for a long full-term pregnancy. And, you know, it got to the point where it wasn't going to necessarily be with me. And so, you know, those are the, the decisions that, you know, couples have to face, you know, how many IVFs do they want to do, you know, or, um, you know, we've, we've heard of celebrities, right, you know, that went through, you know, seven, nine, ten IVFs, 
you know, Angela Bassett, Gabrielle Union, you know, I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I went through like three, Lord, you went through how many? Right. But you know, those are the, those are the tough questions that you don't necessarily prepare yourself for. Um, but when you're kind of faced with it, you just have to, you know, just do all this you have to do to, you know, to get, to get through it. But it is, you know, it is tough. And when, when the decision was made, I say, you know what, um, I've done all that I can, right? I've, I've, I've taken the steps, I've done the nutrition, I've done those things. And, you know, my body isn't like the body that's going to be it, right? Um, what was that thought process like, especially when you're thinking like, all right, I think I'm going to need someone else, right, to, to help me out here. Because especially as a physician, but just people in general, a lot of times when we're dealing with problems, we tend to always think we're the only ones. But but it, but it sounds like pretty early you were kind of, and I'm not sure if this happened after the fact or while you were in it, um, you got within a community uh, of, you know, women and men kind of going through the same issue that you are going through. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you know, you, I think for us, we, we realize and even, you know, my husband will say that, you know, it, it is just so much more common. And, you know, this was before Michelle Obama, but Gabrielle Union, like this is before all the, you know, big you know celebrities came forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we just got comfortable with it. You know, I mean, I, you know, we are a praying family and, you know, I always pray for direction. I pray for God to protect me. And, you know, we know even last week, you know, the number of black women and, um, you know, postpartum or peripartum mortality, you know? And so could this have been something that protected me? I really believe that. But, you know, I just think that we just got to a space where it was like, you know, we have done all that we could do. And we prayed and we, you know, we looked for open doors and, um, you know, we listened and we, you know, I have my mom and, and, you know, my husband, they were just, we just did a lot of praying and meditating, you know, and I guess I just got to a place where actually, and I don't, I didn't mention this. I've, I've talked about it a lot, but even before surrogacy, um, that route, I got to a place where I was like, well, you know, maybe I'm, I'm okay, you know, to not be a mom, you know, you kind of go through that phase as well. It's a lot of phases you go through, <laughs> but, oh, I bet. you know, you go through the acceptance phase. Um, and I think that's kind of what, helped us kind of get more comfortable with the surrogacy because I could still be a mom, you know, whereas, you know, before it was like, okay, we're dealing with a miscarriage or, you know, we're dealing with the fact that we may not be parents, but now, oh, wait a minute, you know, we do have this option of, you know, gestational surrogacy. And so, um, you, you know, you're just thankful for the options and, um, being open to that, you know, there's some couples that are saying, Nope, mm-mm, I don't want to adopt. I don't want to do, you know, but you know, for us, we were open to, you know, various, various, state, various stages, including adoption. You know, we were open to that as well. If it got to that point. Sure. Yeah. And, and with the surrogacy, is that, is that something like there are national companies that do it? Was this, uh, within the support groups that you're able to, 
to to reach out with you know other like-minded people who who of the know because i i feel like it's and i may be wrong is this something that you can just google like how how does one even <laughs> how does one even find the surrogate and, and screen and screen the surrogate and do and all of these things that i i feel would have to occur before you say yeah yeah you could be my surrogate yeah um <laughs> There, you know, there there is a process. Um, there are several agencies, and so there's a lot of. I guess it's it's more widely known or or, or talked about in terms of adoption. And so, you know, a lot of people know that there's adoption agencies that you know you want to use. And so, it's the same thing with surrogacy. You know, they have surrogacy agencies all across the country, and more and more daily. So, be careful which one you go to, and, and you know how you choose that. Make sure you do your research. Um, but, you know, we chose to to find a local one. You know, you don't have to use one within your state. You could live in Florida and, and have an agency in Utah, you know. Um, but we chose to kind of go with the recommendation of our fertility clinic as well as um, have a local surrogacy agency. But, yeah, you know, you can, you know, I mean, of course, it's always good. Also, you never know. You might have a family member, a friend you know, um, a church, anyone that, you know, may be near and dear to you that may be willing to, you know, carry for you. But for us, we didn't have that. And so we went through um, the guidance of a surrogacy agency, which I highly recommend <laughs> that you don't do it without consulting an agent. An agent. Perfect. And, and, and was there, was there any process as far as, because I know we, we talked a little bit about the, from the holistic standpoint, because I'm always interested uh, and that, a lot of my lunch and learning community members always, interested. sometimes I feel like maybe too interested um, in the, the holistic uh, point of view, whether uh, there are certain minerals and vitamins, things they can take that can kind of help prepare them, especially for a surrogacy or IVF or infertility. Uh, was there any, was there any tips or tricks that you got along the way uh, on on that route, especially from the holistics, because again, I got I got some learning community members. Uh, they have they would they're they're strict strict on taking their vitamins and minerals, but I can't get them to take their blood pressure medication. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm talking to, yes, I'm talking to some of y'all. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> try everything but the prescription medication. Um, yeah, you know, there are several things that have been kind of widely talked about in the fertility or tr- TTC, trying to conceive community. Um, and that varies from, you know, DHEA to, you know, CoQ10. And one of the things also that um, is big is acupuncture. You know, um, acupuncture is, oh yeah, acupuncture is good for several reasons. Now there are different, there are some fertility, there are some acupuncture that specialize in fertility. And those are the ones that you want to, you know, seek after if they're, if you're, fortunate enough to have them in your community. We actually do have some here, but the, it, it, it increases the you know blood flow you know, to your pelvic areas, your pelvic organs, and it also helps to reduce stress overall. But you know, there's a lot of um, research that's been done to support the benefit of not just some of the supplements that I named, but also acupuncture. And for us, you know, nutrition is big. You know, nutrition, we realize, you know, for me, I lost 15 pounds. I you know, I did change a lot of what I was eating just to kind of eat healthier. Um, but yeah, holistic medicine can definitely help. Okay, all right. So, so my holistic listeners, you got you got your section. Because um, <laughs> I, I already know they was going to ask me for it. I already know if if I would have went through this episode and then asked about what about the whole, they would have. 
Uh-oh. I got a DM. I got a message. It's already new. So there, there you go. So <laughs> I, I think, first of all, congratulations, right? Congratulations on, you know, going through the downs, um, which, and you said it's the try to conceive community. I actually caught that. It was the, the TTC community. Try to. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, again, again, let's learn community. We're here to learn. Right. And Dr. Barry's learning just as well. Thank you for, you know, kind of sharing the story, right. Of your lows and, you know, congratulations on your high, right. Like how, how old is the child now? How old is your child? He is eight and a half months. He is such a joy worth every tear, penny, dime, bill, everything. He is such a joy. I love it. So let's, so, because of course, I, you know, I, I, I got to highlight, right? And I, I want to talk about securing your fertility, and and most importantly, I want to talk about the motivation behind it. Um, was this something that you thought of, you know, in the middle of going through your journey at the end, like when when you realize? And I, I find that sometimes when we're going through, because my 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 oldest child, she's autistic. And when my wife was going through the, the 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 troubles of getting services and realizing like so mm-hmm. much of a void that was there, uh, that's when like, a light bulb kind of hit her and said, "Oh, I need to do something for like that." Was that like something that kind of driven you when we talk about security fertility, or was it something that kind of naturally happened? Was did you always kind of think about it? what were some of the you know, what walk us through, right? And then let's let's brag and let's talk about security fertility and, and all of its glory. Um, you know, it it wasn't anything that I thought about prior to you know having my own issue, you know, and our, our own difficulty. Um, I was blessed to connect with um a wonderful doctor by the name of Dr. Dre on Birch and in his class, he kind of coaches physicians that, you know, may want to do things outside of medicine, you know, and, you know, just coming up with your passion. And he kind of taught us to kind of turn something that might be, you know, a difficult time into our passion, you know. And so having gone through his his class where, like I said, he coaches different physicians, that helped me realize because I was kind of going through that, that at that time that, you know, maybe this particular dark moment that I'm having could could help someone else. And so it just happened that, you know, because myself, my husband, we own a primary care clinic. We have a relationship with, um, you know, a lab, a national lab. And so we were able to kind of create that account. And we just said, you know, kind of going through the process, like I said, we learned a lot. We talked to so many different specialists, so many different other couples that we wanted to make fertility testing available before you even have an issue. You know, we said, you know what, because we knew insurances are not covering it. You know, we knew that there's single women that are not necessarily thinking about it because they're not trying. And so we were just like, hmm, you know, together, my husband and I, why, you know, we maybe we should kind of use this to 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 increase access for, you know, those single women to be able to get fertility testing. Um, and then that just kind of opened the doors for secure fertility, which is kind of taken a meeting of itself and um, just really inspired a lot of people. Like you said, you know, worldwide, we had, you know, over 4,000 downloads within six months of our first launch. And now we have joined forces with, you know, different celebrities and, 
just kind of wanting to get their story out, you know, and because a lot of us, you know, we know when he, when we hear someone like a celebrity that's going through an issue, it also just increases awareness and brings more attention to the cause. And so um, we're just excited, you know, for Secure Fertility, the fact that it's helped a lot of people so far. And, and what I love about Secure Fertility, and we, we talk about this a lot in the luxury community, where prevention, prevention. Um, we don't want to be blindsided by information that we could have gotten earlier. It's the reason why we say, go get your annual checkup, right? It's not because we expect someone to find out. We want to stop you before you get the diabetes, stop you before you get the high cholesterol, the high blood pressure. So when you have an app like Security Facility say like, hey, like, I'm not even saying that you're looking to have children right now, but don't you want to know that when you are ready, right, it's, it's good to go? Right. Because it's, it's easier to say, like, all right, good. And you get you do secure fertility. Everything is great. That's good to know. That peace of mind is good to know. Um, but not knowing is and you, know, you could probably you know, piggyback on it can sometimes be dangerous. Right. Because, again, and, and I think me and you, we we run into we run around the same circle of uh, women, uh, especially career minded women who aren't really thinking about having a child right now thinking about having it later, but not realizing the time that, that, you know, I don't want to say losing, but they're kind of losing because they're not just aware of of what's going on. You're not, you're not, you're thinking that, you know, when you turn 37, 38 or whatever, that it's going to be fine when you meet your husband. And, but you know, it's, I've, you know, when I can honestly say that when we, you know, first launched Secure Fertility, I didn't necessarily know about the impact that it would have or the, or the women that I would have met that have the, the causes of infertility that they do and at their age. You know, I was, I, I've just been taken aback. Like I said, you know, a 34 year old um, and, and even, you know, 28 year old. That's kind of when I first started about this. I had met with, started with this, I met with a 28 year old who at that time had a low um, egg reserve at 28, you know? Wow. And so the benefit of Secure Fertility is just hands-on. I'm, I'm very happy because the young lady that I consulted with last month now knows, you know, she now knows about her, her low ovarian or egg reserve. And in that conversation, we were able to kind of guide each other, you know, guide her more so into what she should do next. And in her case, I'm like, you, you got to really cons- think about freezing your eggs right now, you know? Um, you, she didn't think about that before, you know, you kind of just going through life and building your career and, you know, but the fact that she ordered that test, she now knows, and she was able to check her insurance and, you know, see what they would cover, what they wouldn't cover and just kind of take steps towards, you know, freezing her, her eggs. Like, let's, let's take, take us through the process of someone who downloads the app. Now the app is available where? Everywhere, Google and Apple. All right, perfect. So if if for some reason you're team Android, uh, the app is also (laughs) over there as well. But if you're team (laughs) Apple, like over here, you go to the App Store and you download this app. Like, what is the process? Like, what, what, take us through, right? Especially for, because it sounds like uh, they eventually get to talk to you, right? So like, what happens? What are some of the steps that lead up to someone saying like, all right, let me go. Let me go get this consultation in. Let me get, let Dr. Dreesa school me 
and educate me. Through the app, well, there's several things in the app. We don't just have fertility testing, but when you download the app, you are able to see, and I, you know, you scroll through, and one of the features is fertility testing. Of course, we have other features. We have financial component now, which I'm happy about. All the financial resources all in one place. Of course, we have celebrity fertility, but fertility testing, you can just click there and you enter your information. Of course, you order the test. Once you order the test, you then will get an email. Usually the email comes within about two to three days. Okay. You get an email with the instruction and that instruction lets you know what laboratory you go to. You then go to the laboratory, you give your blood, but the testing starts at home. You know, we take care of the doctor's order, you pay for it, insurances won't cover it. And so that's kind of the issue with, you know, the pro- the society right now is that insurance is not going to cover a $400 test. So we, it's not $400, you know, for us, it's, it's $107. So we lowered the cost as well. And we just kind of made it direct to order fertility testing. Mm. Once you supply the blood, you then can log in, you register with the site, you log in. And usually within about five to seven days, you can log in and get the result right there from the comfort of your home. And, and once they once they get this result, because again, I'm actually very excited. Uh, like again, uh, lunch learning community. I hope you hear that. Like this, uh, not only do they skip the the the, the middleman, right? You know, they give it to you at such a discounted rate. So even if you wanted to do this on your own, uh, you'd see the financial investment you'd have to make if you don't go through this app. And, and again, I, I encourage. Uh, all my listeners, um, if you have friends, if you have family members who you realize like, oh, they've been, they've been here for a while and, you know, are, are they trying? Are they having problems? Uh, please make sure you recommend this app. Again, it's, the link will be in the show notes. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Uh, yeah. It's a much discounted rate. So there's, and, and we're not even going to tell you about the celebrities because we want you to download the app to see the celebrities, right? Um, okay. So they get these results. And it, do they get an explanation on the results and who do you got? Like, how does that? Yeah. So what we typically do is any abnormal value, we do notify them. So if it's considered abnormal, then we have a process in place that we notify them. They, of course, when they order this online, they are consenting to getting information online. OK, so that's kind of our privacy policy. But we notify them also that your result was abnormal. Would you like to consider having a consultation to discuss your result? If your result is normal, then it's normal. But anything, any value that's considered abnormal, we have a process in place. So that way we, of course, we're covered, but we also want to make sure that they, you know, feel comfortable with that and that they checked. Because, you know, believe it or not, I've actually had women order and go get the test. Are they order and they don't log in? Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh, you still haven't gotten the test yet. And you ordered. So, you know, we just kind of follow up with yeah. kind of a you know closed loop procedure. Sure that that, that reminds me of some of my patients. They'll, you know, they they come to they come to the appointment, they get the prescription, they get the lab set, and then you just be waiting and you're like, hold on, are you did you go get the lab work? Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's a, you know, we try to have a closed loop system, especially if it's the value is abnormal. Yes. Perfect, perfect. And 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 are, do you personally have to like talk to everyone? Like, especially because I because I wonder about you, as as a you know as a fellow mogul, I always worry about you know my fellow mogul's time. Um, like, do you have the time to talk to you know forty four hundred people? Like, is, is that <laughs> <laughs> no, no? I have you know I have staff. I have a team, and okay, I'm, I'm blessed to have 
you know, um, the team that I have with me that have been with me since the since the beginning, you know, May or actually well, May of 2017, when we first launched, I've kind of had kind of the same people around me that are, you know, involved in the processing of everything. Love it. Love it. And so tell us, what is, tell us what's the, what's the ultimate goal, right? What's the ultimate goal for secure your, your, your fertility and uh, where do you see yourself, right? Especially, uh, you know, as, as being a leader in this industry, you know, being a, a person that, you know, not only like a figurehead, but someone we can kind of look up to and, 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 and see the personal story and, and, you know, be happy, right. Be happy for your, uh, your triumph as if it's our triumph as well. Like where, where does Dr. Risa go in three years and five years and 10 years, where does secure your fertility go in three years, five years and 10 years? <laughs> uh, well, secure fertility will, will still be there. It will still be the avenue for, you know, women, couples to get their fertility testing before it is a problem. So that will still stand. Um, you know, I'm happy, like I mentioned, in terms of, you know, the relationships that I've formed and, you know, developed and excited about celebrity fertility. You know, celebrity fertility was something that came about because, you know, a lot of us, when we hear about Michelle Obama, we hear about Gabrielle Union, we want more of their details too, you know, um, and how they got through it. Because it's oftentimes, you know, they're, they're up, you know, you think they're so perfect and they don't go through trials and, and things like the average person. And so I'm happy to kind of bring their stories to light. And, you know, hopefully that will continue um, to, to just kind of inspire everyone that, you know, even, even as celebrities go through it and they, you know, are able to be successful and, and go through their trying times and that can just give hopefully anyone the same kind of hope. So I'm just excited about that. And, you know, I, I, where the, what the future really holds, I don't necessarily know, but I'm, I'm open to wherever it, it leads us, Doctor Barry. <laughs> I love it, and and what's what's the most important, especially because I think the the what the celebrity fertility will, will add, right? Because I think a lot of times, I think you you said, because again, we're talking about awareness, right? And of course, we're in the month of April, and of course, they're aware here. But when you when you hear a celebrity, right, talk about infertility, right, all of a sudden you start thinking like, okay all right, their money couldn't protect them from a, a problem, right? Their yeah. fame couldn't protect them from a problem. You know what? They, they are kind of just like me, right? Yeah. And, and once, once you get that, right, once, once patients feel that, th- that's when all of a sudden they're more open, right? That's where, you know, they don't wait six, seven years, right? Because right. <laughs> I can tell you what happened, right? You know, after that second year, they, they probably wanted to talk to somebody, but because that barrier... And it's usually a mental barrier. Sometimes it's a physical barrier, right? Because that barrier is there, they don't even want to reach out for the help because they just keep trying and trying and trying. Because they're like, no, this got to be something different, right? Mm-hmm. But, but now when you have security fertility, you have these, you have the celebrity fertility, you have all these different avenues to say like, oh, you know what? I'm not alone. Right? Yeah. And, and once you, once they realize I'm not alone, then they're open, then they then they join the, the TTC to, as you can see, yeah, TTC community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they 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 do that, and and that's that's where the story comes. So again, and again, I I always brag, right? I brag on all my medical moguls, right? Especially you, because 
because uh, we were there, right? We were there again, uh, lunch night community. Um, uh, where me and Dr. Dries were probably rocking since 2016, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, 2016. So, uh, so, so I, the journey, uh, I've been following along since the beginning as well, too. And I'm just like uh, amazed and ecstatic when I when I see her do just these amazing things that uh, we knew was in her. Uh, and once she realized it was in her, like it was the sky was the limit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for that. It's, you know, it's, you have to kind of rely on, well, at least, you know, for, for me, I've relied on my faith a lot and, you know, relied on a prayer and, you know, for some couples and it's, it's sometimes it's a hard conversation to have with, you know, certain women that are, you know, on their 10th, 11th IVF. Um, but, you know, I really encourage women to, to really just kind of start to be happy with who you are and where you are now, even before, you know, the baby and without the baby, you know, you really want to love yourself, whether you're going to be that mom or not. And you have to kind of get comfortable with that and really be genuinely happy with who you are and seeking your purpose. Um, whether you are successful or not, it's a tough kind of, it's tough to have that conversation, right? You know, I mean, we, uh-huh. we diagnose people with cancer and all kinds of things. And so it's kind of, I'm not being a pessimist at all, but I really want to encourage women that are having difficulties. You know, you're still trying, you're still not successful to, to find that piece where you will be happy with who you are as a person. You know, you may not become a mom, you know, maybe that is not necessarily in your story, but your story is still whole. You are still a beautiful person and you still have a purpose. And so that's what helped me. You know, that's the the realization that I came to. And and maybe that took me to, you know, a high when you kind of sometimes when you stand still and you turn it over and you, you just accept where you are, sometimes things happen. But, you know, ultimately be happy with who you are and learn that purpose, no matter what, when you're going through your fertility journey. I love it. And, and, and before you go, I always ask this question to our guests. Um, and and I, you've, you've actually already answered it, but we will, we'll ask it again. Like how can what you do uh, help empower families really to take better control of their fertility? Um, you know, don't wait, don't wait. Um, those stories where, you know, couples wait, you know, two, three years, that needs to be of the past. You know, um, if you are, you know, of course, if you're over 35, only give it six months. If you're under 35, give it a year of trying before you seek special, you know, to seek, um, REI or reproductive endocrinology specialist. And also for those single women, you know, those single women that are not necessarily trying, um, that, you know, you're, you're building your career. You may not have met your knight in shining armor. There is a way, there is a way where you can kind of gain a sense of where you are on the biological clock through secure fertility. And it can help you with family planning before it becomes an issue. Love it. Love it. And where, before we get you out of here, where can others find you to get in contact with you? Uh, to, to to get some paid consultations <laughs> with you, to have you speak at their conference. Where where can where can others find you? 
Um, so we have, of course, www.securefertility.com. Of course, www.drjerisa, that's J-E-R-I-S-A.com. And you can also email me at drjerisa at gmail.com or info at secureyourfertility.com. Of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram with Dr. Jerisa. Love it. And I remember all remember lunch in the community, depending where you're at, listening, you know, at work, driving, shower, whatever. Um, all of these links will be in the show notes. So you'll have access. Uh, again, even my even for some reason, if you're on team Android, I'm gonna make sure the link to the Android app is there. Uh, if you're team Apple like myself, you know the Apple app will be there. And and I was just thinking as as we're talking, right? And again, I hate, I hate I'm, I'm definitely about to get y'all. But as I was thinking, like what 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 an ultimate goal for me, especially for secure fertility, right? Is that when I'm doing a primary care visit, and I, especially if it's a, uh, and especially right now if it's a woman, right? Like I would recommend like, oh hey, you know what? This is an app for your fertility, right? Like that's like it just hit me like as we're speaking, like that that's it, right? Where people realize like, oh yes, let me get my my A one C and my cholesterol. Oh. Let me get Secure Your Fertility app checked on. So make sure my fertility is looking good. Right. I just I just put it out there. I'm putting it out there to the world. I'm let Dr. Teresa go to work and do do it with you. <laughs> I'm gonna give her the hard work, but I'm gonna just put it out there to the world because that's where I think it should go. Yes. It is <laughs> absolutely. Dr. Teresa, again, thank you for uh coming on the listening community. You've been absolutely amazing. Uh your story is absolutely uplifting, uh, empowering. And, you know, again, we're here when we empower ourselves for better health, right? You you have done that. And not only have you done that for yourself, but you're doing that for countless of others. Again, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Barry. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of The Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch learn pod all in one word dot com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode but especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye